I am going to tell you a story. And I'm going to try not to talk in hyperbole at all. Zero, zero exaggeration in this story. Anytime you, you talk about anything, it ends up being a nice long story. It's not going to be super long. I would say I need like <laughs> four minutes. Can I have four minutes oh. of your time? That's a, that's a long opening ramble, but permitted. So as you know, I am a DJ. I do DJing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do a lot of it on my own, but I've also I I also subcontract for like a larger DJ company, we uh, like a DJ slash production company. Um, yep. So, anyways, last night, um, last night we were doing a show, a big DJ show, big dance, um, in Niagara Falls at the Sheridan Falls View Hotel, which I don't know if you know where that is, but it's like. I have an idea. It's sort of sandwiched between the casino and the Hard Rock Cafe. It's like literally right across the street from uh, the border crossing, Rainbow Bridge. Okay. And um, it was a, a, a dance, a party for um, to wrap up sort of a two-day Ontario student conference thing. Right, representatives, student representatives from high schools all over Ontario, uh, including the high school that I went to, and I think you went to. Did you go to the same high school as me? Uh, did you go to JDSS? I did. Yeah. Yeah. See, but now the public knows where we went to high school, and they can like you know. But it's a different building now, anyways. It doesn't matter. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so they were there, like, it was just, it was, you know, it's, it's a dance. And so we did a dance, um, inside the event room at the Sheridan Hotel. It's on the third floor, it's a big, big room. Um, I guess you could rent it out to do weddings and stuff, but it's, it, I would say it's bigger than most, you know, like it's, it's maybe twice the size as the room that you had your reception in at, at your, at the hotel. Um, okay. So big room, um, that, you know, they can bring like center dividers across and, and, yeah. and section off the rooms and stuff. Um, so anyways, so we, we throw this dance for not just students who are high school students who are young and full of energy, but high school students that have not gotten a chance to unleash their energy in several years and and meet as a big group in several years because of COVID. Uh, And not just high energy students, but 1,500 of them. This was a big event. Would not want to be a chaperone there. (laughs) Well, there were no chaperones. Um, well, I mean, there, there kind of was, and there kind of wasn't, it was a little, it was kind of like, it was kind of like world war Z a little bit <laughs> at a little times. off the hinges. Yeah. Um, there was crowd surfing and so they're like, actually, and so <laughs> there's this room and we've piled 1500 high school students into it and Massive subwoofers. We have four subwoofers, each one of them about half the size of a car. And we're not using regular high school dance speakers. We've brought our, we've brought basically from an audio standpoint, we've brought one of our concert packages. And 
so we've got that all set up and trusting with two dozen crazy, like just all the lights that you would want and the haze and the, you know, whatever. And yeah, whole, whole nine yards. Yeah. On the third floor of this hotel and something really <laughs> unnerving happens when you have 1500 students packed shoulder to shoulder, face to face in a room on the third floor of a hotel and they're all jumping in unison. If you stood standing still in front of our stage in the center of the room, you realize very quickly that the entire room had about three or four inches of give. <laughs> because the, the, the room is actually moving. Um, That's crazy. And at one point I snuck out and I went downstairs, three floors down to the lobby. Stuff is vibrating off the desk at the lobby. Um, I went next door to the Hard Rock Cafe. You couldn't hear the music that the Hard Rock was playing. It was just us. Um, and the whole time I'm thinking, I'm thinking two things. One is some poor bastard is honeymooning in this hotel, <laughs> right? Like it's still a hotel, right? Like there's, there's and there's no way that yeah. like, you know, you can hear us across the border at this point. Um, mm. very loud, very high energy. People are, people are, are crowd surfing and this production company that puts on big events all the time, right? We, we are sending teams out, whether it's high school dances or weddings or concerts or whatever, like we've got stuff going out six days a week and we all like looking at the room move and the stage is like wobbling, like a built-in stage, not like a, a stage we set up, but like a built-into-the-room stage. And right. our trussing is like doing the worm and like all this stuff, just like crazy, crazy structural unnervingness. We all looked at each other and there was sort of this genuine mutual feeling among people who have been doing this way, way, way longer than I have. And it was like, we don't, entirely know what is going to happen <laughs> like ge genuinely there was at one yeah. point the owner and i were looking at each other and and it yeah we're like this there is a chance th the house could literally there, come down yeah we're, we just <laughs> he looked at me and he's like so there is a chance that that <clears throat> this is it <laughs> and and the whole time i just thought to myself i was like okay if if this floor gives out, because of the way it's the center of the building, blah, blah, blah. If this floor gives out, it won't just be like, okay, now everyone's in the floor below. Like the building will come down, right? And I, I thought to myself, if the building comes down, or if the floor, if the room collapses, I just don't want to survive. Because I don't want to be the one telling the story about how I helped throw the party that killed 1,500 <laughs> students. Students, you know, a select few right. from every school in Ontario. But no, I was nuts, man. And if I were the Sheridan, I would have been so pissed. Be not only just because of the noise, but because, like, think back to high school. Think back to the last high school dance you went to. Oh, it would have been a mess to clean up. And, well, not just a mess, but think about what the gym smelt like by the end of the dance. <laughs> it's yeah, Axe body too. spray yep, and, yep. and armpit. And yep. that is what the Sheridan Hotel <laughs> smelt like. The, you know, and not just like your average Sheridan, but like the Niagara Falls 
Casino Niagara Sheridan. Like, you know, this is bougie as hell. Uh, and yeah, we trashed the place and almost broke it. And like, you know, almost, yeah, almost broke the Sheridan. Um, but I am in a non-exaggerated way. There is to some extent a part of me that is like quite grateful to be talking to you today. <laughs> uh but uh, but oh my god man like what a blast like that's crazy oh it was nuts it was nuts it's the biggest thing like that biggest uh, dance for high school students in ontario yeah nothing well, nothing comes close to that you made it i made it now you're I made on it. the movie men podcast yeah again. i made it long enough to say hello and welcome <laughs> to the movie men hello podcast and welcome. that's carl and this is brady over there yep over ways away yep yep uh, and we're here to talk about some news. Now that we've talked about my news, and we're going to skip over any news that Carl may have about his life, uh, we're here to talk about I'm movie news. I'm in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> you know, there's nothing nicer than someone knowing their place. <laughs> it removes all kind of awkward tension, yeah. you know. Um, we got a short one today. We'll learn that one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've got a short one today. We've only got five topics, um, but juicy, juicy, juicy topics. Mm, are you juicy. ready to get into them, sir? Are they are they are they juicy like soggy bread or juicy like a well cooked steak? You know that gum that for juicy a while fruit? you could no. You know for a while there was like that gum that was like Trident Splash or something, and you would like bite into it, and there was like gel inside of it that was like this extra juicy flavor boost. Okay. I mean, you don't like gum. You don't chew gum, but no, I don't for yeah. weird reasons that we won't get into now. It's a phobia. You have a gum phobia. We'll just pretty much, just, yeah. <laughs> um, but or like a gusher. Kind of like it. Remember eating gushers? Okay, like a gusher. Yeah, it's yep, kind of yep, like yep, a gusher, yep. right? Like, okay. Yeah. So, okay, here we go. Uh, okay, so as we know, as has been public for quite a while, there is another Captain America movie coming. Not starring or focused around, I'm not going to say not including, because we really don't know, um, but not starring or focused around Chris Evans, but instead uh, our Sam Wilson character, Falcon, who is now... Well, he is Captain now America? Captain America. Or Captain Falcon, or... Oh, Captain America. He's Captain America. Yeah. I think Captain Falcon. He, a he has name, taken but... on the mantle as of the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Can I say that He's no his outfit at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's a like with the wings and the, the vibranium suit and everything, it is a cooler outfit than, than Steve Rogers ever had. It's pretty badass. I don't. I like the uh, the Civil War one, the one that was like all kind of dark blues. I did like all that one. Black. And also, that one was cool. Even the first Avenger one was cool because it had that real like World War II feel to it, but right. was still yeah. like a superhero with the, outfit with the leather jacket and the leather jacket and like the sort of the leather straps on the helmet and yeah. you know, yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, so we're talking about that. We've also been talking for a little while now um, about the whole Thunderbolt Ross situation. Obviously, um, the actor who portrayed him unfortunately passed away, um, and he has officially been recast now with Harrison Ford. Something I'm excited about. You were a little, you were lukewarm. I, I'd say a little warmer than lukewarm, but not. I, I don't think it's 
I don't, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm right. not going, I'm not, you're not jumping I'm not for joy shoot it down right away, but I'm not jumping up for joy. Yeah. 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 There's probably better um, choices out there. So reports are now saying that, uh, that in Fantastic, Fantastic Four, in Captain America 4, that's a whole different story. In Captain America 4, our antagonist, the person that Cap, if we can call him that, is going to be facing off against is Thunderbolt Ross. That is Thunderbolt Ross. Now, for the uninitiated, they may listen to that and say, you're going to have Captain America with a vibranium shield and badass wings and a sassy attitude go up against an old man with a mustache and a cigar. Okay, listen. If you do a little bit of comic deep diving, and you don't even need to dive that deep, but like no, deeper than deep deeper than <laughs> like pretty, surface. Yeah, but yeah. deeper than like surface level. Yeah. You know. You're going um, Red Hulk and that's that's pretty he's Thunder, been Red Hulk yeah. for a long while now. Thunderbolt Ross does have an alter ego, which is the Red Hulk. Um and so that's the only listen, that if we're talking physical hand to hand combat, if we're talking a physical altercation, that's the only that is the only way that that can happen. That well, without I think, getting into some, like I mean, he could have like I some. I think you swing too far in the other direction. <laughs> well, like, he could have like some no exoskeleton mech that he could thing. There's no way. Still, there's no way he can take on the Hulk. Oh, like, uh, yeah. No, I don't know. We're not saying it's going to be a victorious battle. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, yeah. I'm personally, I would. So I'm not against this. I'm not against because I think it's an interesting. It's an interesting face-off. It's something that I we haven't really seen before, and and I'm all for like, ooh, that's different. I'm all for different. Um, I would almost rather it be not necessarily a political face-off, but like, because here's the thing: if he's up against Thunderbolt Ross, let's let's re- momentarily remove Red Hulk from the equation. And maybe this is like a legis- legislative face-off, right? Because well, yeah. you still need physical combat, and that's fine because he's he's General Ross and like Secretary Ross now and whatever else. Like he's got men that he can throw at Captain America. That's that's not an issue. You can you can still have your your brawling fist to fist combat. But I think I'd be more interested instead of having him face off against Red Hulk almost more like a battle of the wits i'm thinking in the vein of like batman and the riddler well yeah you were we talked about this briefly before that we started the show <clears throat> we ran down that the news was and when you mentioned it the first thought was like are they doing red hulk already like and that doesn't make sense and that that would be like there's no way sam could defeat the red hulk in combat or i don't think or like he's even the red hulk as the red hulk he still has his intelligence so there's no way i don't think you could out strategize him like he's no he's seen too much combat he's a general Uh, he couldn't take him on alone but this also wouldn't be the first captain america movie that we've had that is like but, you know, Civil War was as much a Captain America movie as it no. was like well, an, another was, Avengers movie. 
I, before you interrupted me, I was about to say that I kind of think you're right. And that's where my mind was kind of going, thinking about it, leading into all this was that, yeah, I think you're, that's where I would, I would put my, my hedge, my bets is that this is going to be more of like Sokovia Accords 2.0. Cause if I'm not mistaken, yeah. because of the blip, the Sokovia Accords were annexed. Yeah. But um, I think it's still, a, it at least for so Thunderbolt think, Ross, it's still a hot topic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I'm saying, I think that is where they would go with this storyline yeah. is that this would be just Thunderbolt Ross. He's not the Red Hulk yet. He's, he's, he's playing politics and strong arming and trying to get like with the, uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, bad, bad captain America. <laughs> um, oh, um, US the Patriot. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Wait, US, US agent. agent. Yeah, yeah. That's what they, that's what he's going to go by or in the comics yeah. he goes by. Yeah. He, like, utilizing that and maybe kind of we start to see the start of the team up of the thunderbolts quite possibly yeah i'm not sure which one is i i'm not sure which one's supposed to come out first but i would wager that it would be captain america 4 because that was that was announced what like two years ago now almost yeah i'm not i don't know but that would make sense to me that would be a really good build in to the thunderbolts yeah, and may maybe somewhere near the end or a post-credit scene, Thunderbolt Ross takes a serum, but we don't see him turn, and then we get a big turn reveal in a Hulk film or a yeah or a Thunderbolts film. Because like even from a manpower standpoint for the good guys in this film, like do you think there's the slightest chance that that in Captain America four we're not going to have Bucky. Of course we are. But yeah, right? get, the two of them I, I would, are like, that'd be cool. I mean, you get the white, what is he now? White wolf. Cause he's no longer the winter soldier. Do they call him the white wolf. Well, that that's what sort Wakanda of the Wakanda name they gave him. Well, yeah, but uh, I feel Wakanda like that's what he'll go by. And he's gone by that in the comics at a couple times, but I think yeah. he's just going to go by Bucky for now. Maybe. Yeah. But um, no, I'm, I'm listen, like I said, I'm all for, I'm all for different. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is something, this is something that excites me. I do like the thing that I like about the idea of the Hulk, the red Hulk thing and how it could tie into like some interesting th things they could do in a captain America movie is that they like in the MCU. And this is something that some people didn't like because they felt like it was too big of a deviation. I thought it was a really fun sort of connective tissue that they did in the lore of the MCU, the Hulk Bruce's accident. Yes. Involved gamma radiation, but it was effectively a failed attempt at recreating Steve Rogers. <laughs> Uh, in the MCU canon, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it so there's something fun about that that we're still that if if Thunderbolt Ross <clears throat> becomes the Red Hulk, we're well, still we're still in that super soldier, yeah, and it's sort not, of world, not, not just the Hulk, right? Like Abomination is the same thing, yeah, yeah. No, I really like that. I really like that so. they did that, and I know some people don't, but. Anyway, so moving on, um, 
if you think back to the 2000s era of comedies, are there any that stand out for you? Like my, you're asking me what my favorite comedies are? Sure, uh, of like the 2000s. Yeah. Of the 2000s? Um, man, I'd have to look at a list, I think, to not mix up the years. But I'm sure there's a few. Um, I'm sure well, you're going to tell me one. Yeah, so we've got things like Tropic Thunder, um, right. Superbad, Hangover, yep. um, Pineapple Express, Hot Chick, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, right? Those kinds of white Classic. chicks. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, is White Chicks, is that, I feel like maybe that movie hasn't aged well. I don't know. The Waynes Brothers? Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to go back and rewatch it. Anyways, one of the films, um, for sure on that list, any discussion talking about, uh, talking about comedies of the 2000s is the film Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Um, (laughs) yeah. Ben Stiller, Christine Taylor, Vince Vaughn, the late, great Rip Torn in one of his best roles ever, I think. Uh, Who else do we have? Justin Long, Alan Tudyk as Steve the Pirate. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's when I fell in love with Alan Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk's great. He's he's probably one of my favorite actors. Yeah, Gary Cole, Missy Pyle, Jason Bateman is in it. Chuck Norris shows up. William Shatner, like star-studded. It's it's fairly star-studded, and it's been a hot second. This film came out in two thousand four, so it's been eighteen years, and almost nineteen years. And it sounds like Dodgeball Two is all set and ready to go. Let's do it. Let's make it, except for one issue. And that is that Ben Stiller, one of the stars of the film, he plays our antagonist, mm. White Goodman, um, is dragging his feet. He doesn't mm. want to do it. Now, I'm all for Dodgeball 2. Dodgeball 1 was such a gem. If you can dodge a yeah. wrench, you can dodge a ball. Great. Like, that's hilarious. Um, I... I don't blame Ben Stiller, though, for not wanting to do this. Because Mm. Ben Stiller recently, in the last five years, revisited another one of his comedy franchises. A a golden gem, a, a classic comedy film that he was the star of. And he came back and made a sequel to it many years later. And it wasn't so good. It didn't do so good. It performed very poorly. And pretty much nobody liked Zoolander 2. So it makes sense to me that he would have cold feet about the idea of going back and and trying this again. Hmm. Um, But what are your thoughts? Why do you think Ben Stiller doesn't want to do this? And... If he is willing to do this, are you open to and wanting a dodgeball too? Ah, man, so, so as you're telling me this, my my initial thoughts go to something I just watched recently. There's a, a YouTube video ser- uh, channel called Fact Fiend. Um, 
and I really like watching this guy's videos. He's uh, he's like a fountain of knowledge of useless and nerdy facts. <laughs> but that anyway, sounds right up your alley. Yeah, he. <laughs> um, they they put out a video recently about dodgeball and how the movie's ending isn't the way it's supposed to be. It wasn't the original ending that the director writer uh, and, and also um, Ben Stiller, who was on board with the original ending. There wasn't the ending that they, they wanted in, but the, the uh, studio heads and, initial screening audiences weren't fans of the ending. So they went back and they did some reshoots and they changed it to what we know and love. But the original ending was supposed to be right in the, right at the end of the movie. um, Ben Stiller's character throws the dodgeball, hits the dude in the face and they lose. They lose. But they end up finding out he had his foot over the line, foul, the underdogs win. Mm-hmm. Yay. Well, apparently it was supposed to be the underdogs lost and that was the end of the film. That seems weird, doesn't it? It was supposed to be this kind of anticlimactic, not like, because um, this, this dodgeball is kind of your classic uh, sports comedy underdog sports comedy yeah right underdogs can't win they suck somebody comes along boosts their morale teaches them how to do a little bit better they pull it out of their butts and ex machina somehow win so for anybody who's unfamiliar with the term ex machina it's kind of like uh i'm a uh the th- a th- an, a thing that comes out of nowhere that helps somebody win or achieve their goal. And it's usually like some weird thing. So like, and apparently they even threw this kind of thought that this is not what the ending they originally wanted. Cause apparently on the chest of gold that they end up winning. Cause Vince Vaughn's character bet a bunch of money. Like there was a big chest of money. Apparently on that chest, the chest says ex machina. <laughs> Like this is, this is, this is, uh, this is a thing that just was, we were told to do so that the story works the way everyone wants it to work. Right. Anyway. So anyway, as far as the second one, I think maybe that's why Ben Stiller, if that's the case, then if that story is as true as that guy made it sound, then, and maybe that's why Ben Stiller's not interested. You think he's a little salty? He's a little salty. He's like, no, nah, I mean, like, I tried to make the film I wanted to make. People didn't want it. We had to change it. And it turned out to be a good movie and popular. But, you know, I don't I don't really want to revisit it. Yeah, I maybe. I mean, yeah, it's hard to say. Now, for it's always me, hard to say. Do I want to see, see, a, see a sequel? I don't think so. No, you no, don't want like, Alan Tudyk in a pirate costume? No, I think a lot of a lot of comedies, like straight up comedies, especially comedies from the 90s and the early 2000s, they're not they're not built, they're not written to be kind of like this kind of lineage sequel 
build another, make another movie movie, right? They're like, they're an, they're an encompass story from beginning to end. And at the end, yeah, everything's wrapped up and happy. Everyone's happy or everyone, you know, like, uh, so like, I don't see a need for it. I would much rather see and a new original Ben Stiller comedy. Sure. Give me something new from Ben Stiller instead of something re uh, a sequel. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm a sucker for content and so I'll take just about anything, but I can't argue with, uh, I can't argue against any of your. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. If they make it, I'll watch it. I, I, I think I would have some hesitancy into it's the content of it being good just because of what I said previously, but yeah, you know, like if he, it would, you, I think, I feel like you really got to kind of force a narrative into, a, into, to draw out a storyline that's already closed and encompassed and it's mm-hmm. finished. Yeah. Cool. All right. So moving on, as we all know, Disney has been in the business of remaking, um, remaking their animated films into live action adaptations. Yeah. <laughs> to one of the ones results. we have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so which one, which ones have you, I liked Aladdin. I thought Aladdin was all right. For the most part, I enjoyed Beauty and the Beast. Uh, yeah, Beauty. Yeah. Again. I, all right. I thought the Beast looked a little weird, but. Lion King was fun, but had some big issues. Yeah. I haven't um, seen the new Pinocchio yet, but apparently it's trash. Apparently it's horrendous. Yeah. Apparently it's really awful. So, uh, and there's several coming up. Like we've got a Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs movie coming. We've got uh, Little Mermaid comes out pretty, pretty shortly. Oh yeah. Um, They're pretty much just remaking everything. It's only a matter of time before we get a live action Toy Story. No, I, yeah, yeah. See, but that's Pixar and I don't uh, know. You know, it's coming. Don't, yeah, you can't, I don't know. Th- we're talking about Disney, the money hungry machine. You know, I mean, it's I'd coming. be, I'd be interested in seeing that, but I would definitely, I would have my guard up for sure. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, one of the films in the docket is a live action Hercules, which I mean, Hercules is one of those we've gotten so many, not the, the Disney version of it, but we've gotten many live action Hercules yep, over the lots. over the years because Hercules the, the legend of of Hercules is just one of those like um uh, uh what's the word Greek myth. um common no common domain it's one of those common domain right. stories right yeah, like common, yeah. you, anyone can make one um <clears throat> and so we have we have a Hercules movie coming and it is uh produced by going to be produced by the Russo brothers not directed by but produced by um who we all know from Endgame and we were talking about Winter Soldier yeah Winter Soldier Civil War now in the last little while their uh their track record their track record since Endgame has not been great um, they did the movie Cherry with Tom Holland, which looked promising, but was not very good. Uh, they just did the movie The Gray Man with um, Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans, Billy Bob Thornton. It, that was also kind of a dud, at least in my opinion. So 
they've been struggling. They've been struggling a little bit. Um, and a report has come out, and it's important to take many aspects of this report with a grain of salt. A report has come out that their live-action uh, Hercules movie is going to be a musical, which I mean, makes sense because the original has many musical numbers in it. Yeah, if you're going to follow uh, step with the Disney yeah, original. With Disney then. makes sense. That's what, I, I, that's what I would want it to be because that helps make it feel like Disney. I want to hear that Michael Bolton track on repeat. Um, <laughs> but that it is going to be TikTok-inspired. Now, yeah, I've heard this. What does becomes, that mean? Yeah, well, and see, and that's listen. I think what, what the you hell just does said, that even mean? But and but here's the thing: that you have just asked the most important question, and also pointed out the most important detail, which is that so so many people have seen this and they're jumping online and they're like, "Well, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard, and this is a horrible idea," and is it blah blah blah? And I'm like, "Okay, wait, but." But what is the stupidest thing you've ever heard? And what is a horrible idea? Because we don't know what it is that they're saying, right? It could mean any number of things. It could mean that instead of doing full-length songs, they're going to keep them like short little snippet songs, kind of like what TikToks are. It could mean any, literally, it could mean a thousand different things. And... We just simply don't know yet what it like. I don't think. I th I think the most extreme version of this that most people are picturing, that that is going to be a Hercules movie just done in the form of TikToks. <laughs> yeah, is yeah, which, so is I don't such know how a, that works as a movie. No, and <laughs> it's such a it's it's a, like I'm scratching my head at the people who are running with that notion and complaining yeah. about it because they're the russo brothers may have a poor track record lately but they're not idiots and there's no way that anybody is signing off on that film so i'm i'm fairly confident that all of the people who are worried that that is what is happening are worried for nothing it's much to do about nothing um so we don't know. We don't know what it means. Uh, it's certainly something to keep an eye out for. It's something that, you know, it's a question that we want to have answered and we're curious what this is going to look like. I'm not worried yet because, like I said, I, 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 I wouldn't know what to be worried about. I, like, I literally don't know what it is that they're referring to, what they have in mind. And I trust them and I trust Disney to to pull this thing together and, and deliver something that's at least half serviceable. However, you've heard this. Actually, you sent this article to me initially. Yeah. Um, I had already, I had read it about half an hour earlier, but I was still happy to see that you were on the ball. Um, <laughs> what... Do you, what are your thoughts about this? Like what, what comes to your mind when you see this and does it make you hesitant or turn you off of the idea of a live action Hercules? I think it can't not make a person hesitant. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't understand somebody who's not hesitant by it because, and not because of the, they're going to make it 
just like a TikTok, short and splicey or whatever. I don't know. But more because of the what the heck does that even mean? Right? Like, right. Are, if nothing else, you're trying something experimental here is what they're saying if nothing else uh, but we don't know that how can it how can you know like what what other movie have you heard being made tiktok inspired in that terminology use that but, terminology yeah in production. But, we, but, but the thing is is we don't know which aspect like we don't know in what regard is it tiktok inspired is it tiktok inspired from a cinematic standpoint is it tiktok inspired by a music standpoint is it tiktok inspired it doesn't in matter the sense that they're going to it, cast famous saying TikTokers? that you're taking inspirations from tiktok means you're doing something experiment because no other movie has taken inspirations from tiktok in its Develop no, but films production. have taken inspiration from like there was a from other a, sources, but yeah, nothing from YouTube, like, from nothing other like, social media sources. But TikTok's like a, a completely different form of social media compared yeah. to all other ones, right? Yeah. The way it's kind of you can use somebody else's TikTok and overlay it on yours and all kinds. I don't use TikTok. I just know what I know from working with you. But you know, it's like it, it, I know that it's the way it works is fairly unique. Yeah. Which means that whatever inspiration they're going to take from this is going to make the movie unique for good or for ill. Uh, yep. So, yeah. So, the, like, yeah, it could absolutely be an amazing live-action remake. And the TikTok inspiration thing becomes something new for filmography and musicals from here forth out and forth out. But regardless, they're doing something experimental. Mm -hmm. So you should be nervous. I think I choose to be also, intrigued. also with the live action, Disney remakes, not having a great tra track record. I'm nervous. I I'm, I'm, hesitant from the get-go <laughs> yeah I, I that's fair is so is let me ask you is the the live or the not live action the original the existing you know um uh oh what's what's uh uh, uh danny devito um and i don't really know oh um um uh, 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 what's the name of the guy that plays Hades? Why am I gapping on his name? Um, anyways, doesn't matter. Um, James Woods. Yeah. Um, is that, is that a beloved, is that a beloved Disney classic for you? Or is that sort of a property that you're already not super hot on? I mean, I, I honestly hadn't watched it until... <clears throat> this past year with my family on one of our family movie nights. Oh, and, and I really liked it. I thought it was a fun, I fun love flick. It. I get why it is like, it's very easy to see why it is a beloved classic for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's sure. got all those kind of great classic kind of, um, Disney animated vibes going for it. Fun yeah. story, 
good music. Yeah. All the, all the good stuff. Cool. Well, yeah, um, I'm, listen, yeah. I'm intrigued. I don't think it's my I, favorite Hercules. Oh, that's fair. That's like, fair. I think Kevin Sorbo's, he's, he's got that one locked down pretty he's, hard for he's me. He's the king of, yeah. Um, listen, I'm, I'm just intrigued moving forward, but I also can't argue with anyone who is, uh, who has some skepticism to them. Um, so yeah, I will just have to wait and see what happens. Uh, Netflix, listen, we all stream now. How many streaming services are you signed up for? Uh, officially two. Oh, just two, eh? But I have access to three. Oh, theft. Uh, what are the three that you have access to? I have access to Netflix, Disney Plus, and Amazon Prime. Okay, yeah. I'm, I have Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime. Um, currently i did have there's there's several that i that i will subscribe to like for a month because there's something i want to watch and then i cancel it and then i'll wait until there's like right something else i want to watch so i've had crave i've had uh oh no i also have discovery plus dude discovery plus is amazing it's like like, discovery channel yeah but but they've also like they've purchased the rights to a bunch of other stuff. So there's like TLC and stuff. But all of like MythBusters and Dirty Jobs and Cake Boss and like it's all all the old shows that you probably watched at some point in your life are all on there. It's like six ninety nine a month. It's like stupid cheap, and mm. it's amazing. Oh, it's so good. Um, I've had that. I've had NBC Peacock. I had Paramount Plus for a month or something like that. Um, all the different ones. But there's no denying that the originator, when you think about streaming, that the the big mafia gang daddy that started it all is Netflix. Oh, yeah. They're they're the game changer. They're the game changer. Now, Netflix, for the longest time, has had um, a couple of different tiers. You can have just like a basic package um, and then... there was one that you could get that like upped your number of up the number of screens you could have. And I think also enabled 4k, um, and number of profiles, I think too. Yeah. Number of profiles before that you were just like 1080p or something like that. Anyways. Um, a lot of these streaming services, something that they'll do is they'll offer different price points. One, you'll pay like a premium, price point and then you just get your like your standard you get like your your netflix style experience um but a lot of them for a while now have had cheaper options wherein you pay maybe half of what you would pay normally but you're going to watch some ads right basically you're going to get some commercials at the beginning maybe at the end although what does it matter because if it's at the end you're just going to close you're just going to close the episode anyways or the movie um, and then every 30 minutes or so, you might get a couple minutes of, of ads um, and all that for pl- paying a, a cheaper monthly price. Now, that's something that up until now, Netflix has not had. And I say up until now because they've now officially launched their cheaper ad-supported tier. Now, for the average person who maybe doesn't mind ads... They see ads as a chance to get up and top up their water, run to the washroom, maybe 
spending because Netflix has gotten expensive. Netflix is one of the more expensive ones now, and yeah, and so maybe they keep up in their price. Maybe paying half the price and suffering through some ads might sound worth it to you. However, there are some pretty big cons to the Netflix ad-supported tier that Netflix wasn't very, I'm going to say not very forthcoming about. Two in particular. (laughs) Two in particular. Well, three. Three, but one that wouldn't affect me because I don't ever use it anyways. Um, The one that wouldn't really affect me is that with an ad-supported tier, you cannot download something for watching it offline. I don't ever do that. I think I've done that once. I've done that a number of times for road trips with the kiddo. Yeah. See, so for you, that would maybe be a deal breaker, right? Because now you've lost. I don't do it every time we go on a road trip, but it comes in pretty handy, you know. But yeah. watch, download two or three 30-minute videos and get a nice, quiet car ride. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's one. Number two is that there are a number of shows and a number of movies that aren't included. So if you get the oh, ad so you don't get their tier, full library. you're not getting access to the full Netflix library. Yeah. And it sucks enough that we're, if you're using the Canadian Netflix on top of that. Yeah. So those are two. But the one that I think is not only the biggest sticking point for me, the thing that, that makes it not even considerable. And not only sounds annoying and would bother me and is a deal breaker, but in 2022 is so draconian so archaic so like what are you even thinking netflix is that on the ad supported tier your resolution maxes out at 720p what you can't even you cannot even stream in 1080 the 4k thing you know what that's archaic the, the 4K thing, I get that because you know what? If you don't have a 4K screen or you're watching it on a laptop or you're watching it on a phone or whatever, the, the in, unless you have the right TV for it, the difference between 1080p and 4K a lot of the time can be pretty negligible. Yeah, it can, it's, it, it's the human eye can barely notice it. Yeah. But from but 720, 720 to 1080, there is a noticeable difference. If you have a big, if you're watching this on a flat screen TV, like 48 inches or bigger, 720p is going to look fuzzy. It's going to look Well, blurry. here's the thing. How many, like, for the price of TVs now, pretty much everybody. Everyone's got a big Everybody's TV. got a 1080-enabled TV. I can't, I can't imagine anybody not having one no. that owns a TV. If you oh, own no, a TV, course. it probably does 1080. Yeah. 720p. This is horrible. Like I said, not not even just a sticking point for me, but like, what are you thinking? Have you also, have you ever used a free service that has ads enabled? Uh, A free service? Like, like what Netflix is kind of offering. Um... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I think so. it's called Cracked. I'm going to crackle. Crackle, yeah, I've used that's I've the, used Crackle the, a few times. The anime one is that what that is? No, that's Crunchyroll. 
Crunchyroll. Um, okay. Crunchyroll is different. Uh, for yeah, it's, well, it's animated, anime, anime. Um, no, Crackle. Um, is oh, Crackle is all streaming TV. service, but then they have ads intermittently yeah. between, and man, they don't bother like, me. Like it's it's hor- Like having living in an age where you can watch your TV uninterrupted by ads. And then going to back to something where there's ads every 10 minutes or five minutes, it's really disruptive. If- yeah, but you're getting it for free. I mean, you are. It, yeah, I, I do but think like, that it's oh man, it's not it's not ideal. <laughs> I, I do think that the ads, even though I certainly won't be signing up for the ad supported tier of netflix i do think ultimately it could be a good thing for netflix users overall and here's why the way a streaming service works if they don't have ads is that the only the only way that a streaming service is profitable is by monthly subscriptions that's how they make their money um and netflix has been in the business of like if you if you look at all of the Netflix original shows, it is very rare that a show makes it past season two, maybe season three. Does not matter how popular that show is, because what Netflix does is you could you could have a show on Netflix that has got crazy good numbers. Everyone's watching it. But by season two, by the end of season two, most, if not everyone who's going to sign up for Netflix to watch that show has already signed up for Netflix to watch that show. And so that show, although everyone is watching it, isn't making Netflix any money anymore. It doesn't matter if yeah. everyone's watching it or one person's watching it. And so they just cancel them. Yeah. There's so been stra- several. Well, Stranger Things is an anomaly, but you, st- or anomaly. you end up with the Stranger Things thing kind of thing where people do what you already alluded to doing with some streaming service will pay for one month and then cancel. Yeah. So this I do see as potentially a positive thing because if some of these shows that everyone is watching start to generate some revenue from ads that are playing on them for people who are signed up for the ad supporting tier, then maybe some of these shows will stick around longer because, you know, you won't have a show that at the height of the show, when everyone's watching it, everyone loves it. Netflix says, no, we're going to cancel that. We're done. Maybe some of those shows will stick around longer. That's the only thing I can really see as a a good thing to come out of this as supported tier. Honestly, I think if, if you were to remove if you if you were to remove this 720p bullshit, if you were well, just, to have yeah. the 1080p on the ad supported tier, then I think the ad supported tier would be perfectly fine. Yeah, some I things are missing from the, the library. library. Yeah, full but library you know what? You get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. But but here's the thing: the more ads people watch, the more money they make. Also, if you limit yeah. the content, then there's less for them to watch. You, which is less money in your pocket. Yeah, but then they 
pay for a bigger subscription and then they get that content, right? So it's it, it effectively it'd be the same as why I, I I do I get it because it's it's like saying well I pay for cables so I should have every channel. Well, no, no, no. There are different cable packages, right? If you this, want <clears throat> more, you're gonna pay yeah. more. But anyways, no, I I just I can't I can't fathom this 20 720p stuff yeah that's ridiculous it doesn't make any sense the like, small, like the, the smaller all. library doesn't make sense to me either yeah I think well, that's, that's fair. silly moving yeah. on to our final topic yeah. um something a, a series that was reviewed on this channel by pete and i was the harry potter franchise uh pete and i have also as they come out have been reviewing the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Basically, we've just been monopolizing on the, the wizarding world. Um, and I haven't minded the Fantastic Beasts movies. I quite like the first one. The second one, eh. The third one, I think I liked a little better than the second one. Um, you know, it's it's been a solid franchise. It's been interesting. I've enjoyed it. But they have not been doing well financially. For the most part... The general audience is not getting super psyched about the Fantastic Beast movies. And it looks like Warner Brothers is now at a point where they're like, okay, we're not ready to give up on the Wizarding World. This is too far too valuable of an IP for us to walk away from. And I agree. You like, you know, you have the potential to print money essentially with with this world. You just need to utilize it properly. Well, it looks like they're no longer setting their sights on making Fantastic Beasts movies. I almost said Fantastic Four again. God, I just <laughs> want that movie. Um, <laughs> however, they are turning their sights back on to the Harry Potter world, specifically the Harry Potter story. Now, I have a couple of thoughts about this. Thought number one. You... This is this is a sticky, sticky thing. I think it's the right thing for them to do, and I would love to see more films in the Harry Potter story, right? Now that they're, what, they're in their, like, late 30s, early 40s, I think there's some really interesting stories to tell there, for sure. But there's a couple of issues. Issue number one is a Harry Potter film is going to be a very, very very expensive film to make. The reason being is because although the fan community, this is the issue with the fan community. You can recast any character because the, the, the movie, the, the character does not serve the actor. The movie's not about the actor. The actor is there to serve the character. The character is there to serve the story. So Agreed. although it is sometimes jarring, to see a character recast. They do it all the time and it works just fine. I'm telling you right now, the fan community will not accept Harry Potter being played by anyone other than Daniel Radcliffe. Well, not even That's, Harry Potter. What the, main, the main three. The main three. If you're going to have the main three protagonists, they, they got to be the same actors from yeah. the fan community. So then I'm this is not, what happens. I'm not a big fan of Harry Potter. I haven't read the books. I've only ever seen the movies once. They were good. I, I'm not I think we watched them together, about we? them. We may have seen one or two together. But yeah, 
but coming from other fandom like Marvel and Star Wars, I I I completely understand a Harry Potter fan saying you got to have all the same actors. You got to bring so them all back. So here's the issue. Warner Brothers says, "All right, we're going to make another Harry Potter film." And Daniel Radcliffe's agent, being a good agent, is well and aware. Him being now, a te- technically, I would say an A-lister. Well, it doesn't matter. It wouldn't even matter if he was. Wouldn't matter. The good agent goes, "Oh, so you want to make this movie, and your movie depends." on Daniel Radcliffe coming back to play Harry Potter. Okay, here's our price. And it's high. It's high because we can make it high. And if you want this movie to work, you're going to have to pay that price. This is going to be a very, very expensive film to make. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just Daniel Radcliffe's agent that's going to do that. Emma Watson's is going to do that. Rupert Grintz is going to do that. Because, and and of the students, that's probably the only, because you can make a Harry Potter film without Neville Longbottom. You can make a, 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 a Harry Potter film without Seamus Finnegan, right? You don't need the other kids in it. Yeah, you could even recast those people and people would be a little less. They'd be pissy, but, but it wouldn't be the end of the world necessarily, right? You could just be like, oh, well, it's been 15 years and- they look much different now, yeah. <laughs> right? Like they, they really let themselves go. Um, but yeah, this is this, this would be a really expensive film. The other thing is that aside from Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which was a play that sort of followed up the Harry Potter story several years later um, and mostly f- circled around Harry Potter's son, um, there are no, there are no more books. And so now right. you're no more pot- content to draw from. You're potentially entering into the category, uh, into the realm of just writing screenplays based on whatever you want to write them about. You're doing what Game of Thrones did for their last season. Yes. Now I have a theory <laughs> and my theory is that because J.K. Rowling would need to be, even if she hasn't written a book for it, she would need to be, like, she's, she will oversee it, right? She still needs to, there's still her characters, it's still her property. You can't just do whatever you want with these characters and not have her give the A-OK for it. So, from a creative standpoint, that's reassuring. Does she have the film rights to do that, though? Oh, Yeah. Because yeah, nothing nothing happened on these films without her signing off on it. Right. Yeah. L- she, L- she, she's she's, she's contractually ob- like they're contractually obligated to bring yep. her on board. Yeah. Yeah. They can't okay. do anything without her. Right. Because I was yes. about to kind of go back like, well, they did it with Star Wars. You know, George Lucas sold Star Wars, but he, uh, with the caveat, he was willing to help out. Yeah. Uh, they uh, as a as a voice of I know the world. So Daniel just, Radcliffe never brought him on, but Daniel Radcliffe has blue eyes. In the book, it's a big, it's an important character detail and a plot point that Harry has green eyes. 
Daniel Radcliffe doesn't have blue eyes or it doesn't, it doesn't have green eyes. And Daniel was the perfect kid. That was the kid they wanted. And when they did a test, it turns out that Daniel Radcliffe is quite allergic to the contacts that they put in his (laughs) eyes to try to, so they needed to get JK Rowling's approval just for Harry's eye color to be different than what it was in the books. Oh yeah. She's got final say on everything. Everything, but here's. Well, I my think theory. it would be important. Like, regardless, you'd need. I think it would be important to bring her on. Here, like, I think. He- here's my theory. I think that not only will she write another book or maybe trilogy of books, and say, okay, you can make more Harry Potter films, but you're going to have like I'm going to write these books, and you're going to have to adapt the stories that I'm writing. Not only do I think that's what's going to happen, I think she's already working on it. And I think she has probably been for a little bit now. I think yeah. there's already at least a trilogy of Harry Potter books in the works. Yeah. Anyways, uh, even Carl, if you hear this. My opi- and what are your thoughts on, you've said you're not a huge Harry Potter fan, yeah. um, but you've watched them and you enjoyed them. Yep, they were fun. They were good. Um, does the world want more Harry Potter? That's pretty much rhetorical because it's a massive fan base, and of course they want more Harry Potter. Um, but would it work? Is it an interesting story? If if they were going to do it, would you want to follow Harry, Ron, and Hermione in the years now when they're older and they have kids and and they're they've got big grown up real human so, people jobs? I, w- I, w- I would be interested in probably seeing more even as a kind of like a casual enjoyer of the pro of the franchise. Um, you obviously from what you're saying, she, JK Rowling has to be brought in. I think you do a great disservice to the product and the, you're a detriment to your film. If you didn't, I'm a big advocate of that's why the, Disney trilogy of Star Wars fell flat on its face is because they didn't bring George Lucas in as an advisor for the films. Um, so like, well, yeah, cause he, yeah, he had written treatments and they threw them out. They were like, oh, okay, yeah, thanks which, George. Fine. Okay. Throw them out, but still keep him around. Like bring him in and his advisor be like, we're, we're thinking about doing, doing this with Luke. What do you think? Yeah, he and, he has George said that though that it reached the point where he didn't want to, where it was kind of like he he kind of had to treat I've, it like a divorce where he just I've heard different to, stuff. I've heard different things. Be, and and I what I've oh, heard this is, I, this is based I, on I an interview I saw in. with George. I've I put more weight in what I've heard cuz I've I've well, it if that's what he said is probably because of the way Disney treated him. Be, oh, quite possibly, yeah. Um because he from my understanding, from what I've seen with him in interviews and stuff, he wanted to be a part of the universe still as an advisor. And he didn't want to direct and write stuff, but he still wanted to be around to be like, Hey, what do you need to know about this character? What you ask me, what you think you, what you think about this, the storyline you're writing, right? right? So that I can advise you and what I understand the fans like, and the sort of the, the the story that I've written and so that it all flows nicely and it has some some connection 
uh, organic connection to the what he's done. He, he's a good writer. He's just and kind the reason of a I think director. the reason I think that what I do is because Dave Filoni, with everything he's worked on, as has had George Lucas around give, give on the his people sets some context as an Tell, advisor. Give the people context. Tell them who Dave Filoni is. Oh, Dave, Dave Filoni's the guy who's making Star Wars work right now. Okay, a, no, a, give them more than that. <laughs> he, he, Dave Filoni was Clone the Wars. director, writer, I think producer as well for Mandalorian, uh, the Clone Wars animated, Rebels animated, the Bad Batch. Uh, she, he, he was he beside George's side Ahsoka for a long time. With George Lucas, like him and George Lucas are pretty tight. But he, and he's been working on Star Wars material for a long time but and and you can see the the vast difference in quality of story between what he's done because he's had george lucas in it as an advisor on his work and what disney has done without george lucas there's a huge difference in quality of story so they would even whether they need to bring jk rowling bring this back to harry potter whether they need to bring her on as a to help with this film or not, it's in their best interest too. Yeah. Yeah. No, and absolutely. She should be writing these stories. Yeah, absolutely. It's her um, world. Nobody knows it better. So yeah, that being said, it, I think, I think if she's a part of it, it's got a good leg, good, good, good foundation to build from. Uh, do we need more Harry Potter as a character, I don't know. No, I mean, uh, we like, never need. More. I want, I want more. I, what I wanted from the sequel trilogy was more Luke Skywalker and I didn't get it. Well, you kind of, so I, I can't not in the way you want it. What, which, because George Lucas wasn't on board. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I'm, I think I'd be interested to see what comes out of the woodwork. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, I I can't think of like Warner Brothers with the Harry Potter IP. I can't think really of another studio that is in a position right now to just start printing money hand over fist. Like if you do it and you do it right, your fan base is large enough. You've got you've got theme parks based on this character. You've got like it's just it is a phenomenon that has not died out at all. It's just continued to no. grow, and yeah, even so. I much saw potential. a number of people dressed up as Harry Potter or uh, a wizard from Hogwarts this Halloween. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's as strong as it's ever been for sure. All right, everyone, that is last week's movie news. Thank you so much Thanks for, for listening. Joining us. Yeah. Um, make sure you check out all of our so social links below, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, our Patreon page, our merch page. It's getting cold out there. November is upon us. Nice movie man hoodie would, uh, I don't even have a movie man hoodie. You know, I don't even have a movie man shirt. Both you and Pete have more movie men merch than I do. Dude, if you don't wear your merch, who else will? Oh, that's sad. Is it sad to wear your own merch? If you're not wearing it, then why should anybody else? I don't know. Because cause it's high quality cotton. <laughs> you can't afford yeah. it? 
I don't know if yeah. you've met yeah, salary. I can't afford, I, no. <laughs> you're making you're making it sound like our merch is stupid expensive. It's not. <laughs> it's screwing us over here. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. And until next week when we cover some more movie news. Say something witty, Carl. Uh keep reading our podcast news. That is I don't know. You read the news. Probably right? the total opposite of witty, but that's <laughs> it's it's said now and it can't be unsaid, so there we go. Okay, goodbye. <laughs>